It's that time again, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for the Suns Jam Session podcast with John and Matthew. I'm John, and I'm super excited because that's my favorite two words to say, apparently, is super excited every time a podcast comes on. But I'm super <laughs> excited that you decided to press play, and I'm joined by my cohort in crime, the master of the microphone, Mr. Matthew Lissy. Matthew, how are you today? Good, John. I thought the, the two favorite words from you were, I'm John. Are those the two words? Is no, it just, I'm it's it's super excited. Super excited. Okay, I thought it was. I'm super I'm John. excited to say super excited. <laughs> Every time we have like a guest on the Suns Jam session, I'm like, I'm super excited to have so and so here. I yeah. guess that's just like my podcasting tick. That's you your thing. Just like Bill Simmons is like, hey, yeah, guess what? Yeah, the Celtics are in the playoffs. Yeah, and they might win the championship. Okay. I that's, thought Bill Simmons' thing was more like he starts to take a stance on somebody, and then whoever he's talking to has a different stance, so he just agrees with them. He might, just to get it over with. He doesn't like confrontation on that podcast. No confrontation, no politics. Yeah. So, no, until Jack goes on, it, then they, they yeah, talk until, politics. Then they, yeah, never mind. Those damn Yankee <laughs> fans, I tell you, you can't trust those Yankee oh, fans. Oh, you can't, dude. <laughs> can't trust their and judge. All right, anyways. All rise. All rise for those Dodgers. Anyways, uh, we're, we have plenty to talk about today, even though the Suns are – have officially been excommunicated from the playoffs. The playoffs are going on, and it's one thing that I want to talk about with you today, Matthew, is kind of your predictions for the playoffs, as well as the lottery. I want to talk a little bit about the lottery odds that the Phoenix Suns have, where we could potentially end up, because that's the next exciting thing that's happening in the realm of the Phoenix Suns as we find out where we're going to end up. So I think that's what we're, we're going to talk about on today's pod. Does that sound good to you? Yes, please do. Are you super excited? I'm super excited. Me yeah, too. I'm super excited. Yeah, yeah. Guess what? Okay. I'm super excited. Well, I'm super excited to remind people to follow the show at Suns Jam on both Instagram and Twitter. You can follow us on Facebook. You can visit our Redbubble page for some Suns Jam Session apparel. You can go to sunsjamsession.com. You can email the show session at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Darth Foyda. You can follow Matthew on Twitter at Matthew Lucy. And uh, that's, that's all I'm super excited. Oh, no, beer right here. Super excited to crack this beer. Because you know what, Matthew? It was 113 today in Phoenix. And I work outside-ish. Uh, spend a lot of my time walking around, sweating. And I've been looking forward to this ice cold brew all day. So please forgive me while I take my time to pop this open, drop that beat, and talk Phoenix Suns. So the first thing we're going to talk about today, Matthew, is the NBA Draft Lottery, which occurs on August 20th at 5.30 p.m. Arizona time. So that's 8.30 p.m. Eastern, uh, 2.30 a.m. in Jakarta, Indonesia. I don't know. Um, What, if anything, are you looking forward to on Thursday? Uh, Not too much. Not like in the past where I'd be, you know, making sure I can actually listen to the lottery Mm -hmm. um, or watch it. So this time around, you know, whatever result the Suns get, I'm fine with. Cause I'm not, I just know this team and myself are not really looking forward to drafting a young kid. So I, I, I'm not looking too much into this. So what do you, what do you think though? Are you going to, are you getting a little, I'm kind of excited to watch it just cause I like our odds better now that we actually aren't worried about our odds, even though we got the number, number one pick two years ago. I, I just think that maybe uh, we'll, we'll get a better pick than we originally thought. And maybe, um, 
maybe top five or something like that, which would be great. But I'm not too excited to watch this, but I'm definitely going to find out what's going on. Of course. And I think it's funny how I say super excited at the beginning of this pod. And it's something I'm not super excited about. I think that you hit the nail on the head. It's something that in the past, due to our record, we were very in tune with. Last year, we were the what second or third worst team in the NBA. And we ended up second. We were the second worst team in the NBA. And we ended up with the number six pick. So it was disappointing. I mean, you were, you were looking forward to the NBA lottery, knowing that you had a chance at probably Zion or John Morant, and it was a failure. So you instantly, coming into this season, you know, there was a sense of, you know, uh, we've been wronged as per usual. And the year before that, obviously, we had the number one pick, and that was a big day when we got that number one pick, even though you and I both kind of agreed at that time. It's like, shit, of all the years we get the number one pick, it's probably the year where we didn't want it, seeing as we knew that Luka Doncic would not go number one overall, and whoever had the number one pick would most likely go eight, and it put the Suns in that position where they would have to choose between the two versus, hey, you didn't get eight, and so now you have to have Luka. So, uh, and then previous years, it's, it's much of the same. It's we're, we're a top five lottery team, hoping that we move up into the top three, or we, I think we had the third worst record three years ago, and then that's when we lost out in uh, the whole Josh Jackson thing, if I'm not mistaken. So looking at the one that's coming up this Thursday, knowing that we are slotted to get the 10th pick, it's something that, yeah, it's nice knowing that we have a 65.9% chance to get the 10th pick. And if we get it, I'm not going to be upset. But, oh, well, you know, I'm looking more f- towards free agency and next season with this team versus building in the draft. And I think that's why I'm not as excited. Yeah, but we get the continuation, too, of just Suns talk. You know, it's it's already this week. It's only been, what, five days since the Suns were actually eliminated from the playoffs. And then all of a sudden, here we go, lottery. And then all of a sudden, here you go, free agency. And then we got the NBA championship. I mean, before the free agency. But, mm-hmm. you know, basketball is going to keep going. And we're going to have a lot of stuff to talk about. And I think that just have the continuation to where after this lottery, we'll know what pick we have. And then I think, like I said earlier, I think the Suns organization is really looking to trade it. Uh, I'll probably say that we should play a drinking game every time i say trade the pick someone you know drink whatever you have in your hand well, here I'll whatever drink right it is now. okay there you go there you go yeah so you know trade the pick we'll see what we can get in free agency because i know that's what the team's looking for uh this off season the short off season that's coming up but honestly it's like i kind of like how for me i i believe that team's kind of get what they want in the draft. Like, I feel like the organizations, I don't think it's really by chance by the ping pong balls or whatever. I think organizations really, they come together with Adam Silver and be like, you know what, this is what we're looking for next year. Maybe we can get a pick around here, maybe there. Because it's like, maybe the Suns wanted John Morant last year, but it's like, I don't know, this is just my conspiracy, but you get John Morant yeah, and you say. just don't know, you just don't know for sure how he's going to turn out. Of course, but he's he's a monster. He's someone, of course, you see next to Booker now. It's just like, yeah, that would have been awesome. But I don't know. What do you? I mean, it's a conspiracy, but that's just the way I see it now. So I see other teams moving up, and I see the Suns maybe getting a, it's an eight to the ten pick. But that's just my conspiracy. Man. So 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 that's your articulation on your conspiracy because you do believe that the NBA draft is rigged, correct? Yeah, I, I do, but it's not a it's not a bad thing. I just feel like you know, um, Memphis got John Moran, which was great. The Pelicans got Zion, which was awesome. I think every team got what they needed. New York, you don't want to have one of those two guys go to New York yet. You know, you gotta give them a little bit to figure it out so they fire some of the front office guys until they 
you know, they get the guys up front they have now. So now maybe they move up. Maybe they're number one. Maybe they get LaMelo ball, which would be kind of cool. So that's just, that's my conspiracy. Cause I think that's how it is. I think every team is treated equal now to where we got the number one pick with Aiden. Cause you know, Aiden's from what he's from the Bahamas, but he went to school here. Uh, we got the big guy next to Devin Booker. That's why that worked out. And I just think teams are getting what they want from um, the league. So that's – I know it's weird, but I just – Conspiracy Matthew. I'm not too upset about today. it, <laughs> Yeah, not too upset about it. I think it's kind of good for the league. So Well, I remember we had this discussion after the draft last year or after the lottery last year, and I was like, well, no one wants to see Zion in New Orleans. No one wants to see John Morant in Memphis. And I believe – and correct me if I'm wrong – your justification for it was this is the way of the NBA kind of leveling the playing field, right? Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that look at it that way. I feel like, you know, and I think that's something that, um, before Adam Silver, I think, Oh my God, what is his name? The guy passed away. Oh my God. Uh, David, David Stern. Stern. Yeah. David Stern. I think that's something he tried to do, um, a lot, but obviously the Suns got screwed a lot too. And Cleveland got the number one pick like three years in a row. So I think yeah. Adam Silver is doing a better job with it. Cause you know, we don't get to see the ping pong balls. We don't get to see any of that behind the scenes. So, there's there's something to go with making the league better uh you know and you want to make more money so you got to get those stars out and around to the lower market teams and it's the mm-hmm. best way to do it is through the draft so why wouldn't it be fixed and know? then you wait four years and those guys move on to you know the lakers like there AD you go. or just something like, so. just like Giannis. <laughs> just, even <laughs> though he was like a 13 round or 13th <laughs> pick <laughs> yeah he's the exception to the rule yeah i don't know how much of a conspiracy i truly believe uh if it was to come out that the, the ping pong balls are weighted in a specific way to benefit certain teams. It wouldn't shock me in any way, shape or form. I do think that the fact that the NBA does a lottery is still one of the weirdest things seen as how, like, I like how pro football does it. You're the worst team and get the first pick. I mean, it, it, I feel like that's a way to kind of continually refresh the league. Obviously yeah. it's harder to tank necessarily in football. Uh, and the whole uh, Adam Silver approach, you know, an approach I use air quotes because if it is a conspiracy theory, it's a moot point. But if it's not a conspiracy theory, then the whole Adam Silver approach is to try to make it as uh, non-beneficial two teams to tank. You know, you don't want to reward teams that are putting out an inferior product out in front of their fans. Um, so I think that the way that they've weighted the the odds now kind of play more in that favor and you and you look at the odds for the suns in this uh, upcoming lottery that again happens on thursday they do have a 65.9 percent chance to receive the 10th pick the next highest chance they have as a pick is the 11th pick they have a 19 percent chance to receive the 11th pick they have a four percent chance to receive the fourth pick a 3.6 percent chance to receive the third pick a 3.3 chance to receive the second pick and a 3% chance to re- receive the first pick. And then they have a 1.2% chance to reach or to achieve the 12th pick. So, you know, you look at top four, you, number one odds are we'll end up at 10 and then we could end up at 11 and then a top four pick. Cause that ends up coming out to just over uh, 12%. So the odds are, are there, you know, they are what they are, but you look at like this time last year and by last year, obviously, I mean, May 14th, 2019, which is 461 days ago, which is just crazy unto itself. But Zion was the prize. John Morant was the follow-up prize and the Suns had a 27.4% chance to land in either the one or the two spot. 
They ended up with the number six, which they had a 26% chance of obtaining. They obviously used that to trade down to Dario, uh, to obtain Dario Sarge in the number 11th pick, which became Cam Johnson. And the number 11th pick, which was possessed by the Minnesota Timberwolves, they actually held the same exact spot that we hold right now. And that is the number 10 spot. So, you know, if, if history of a one year history, a very short history has shown us the new design of Adam Silver is meant to shake things up in the draw in the draft lottery. And I mean, it worked last year. Uh, but again, I, I, I don't know why they do a lottery. I don't know either. Um, it's something that I think they'll continue to do though, as long as there's not a lot of questions raised about who's getting picked and who's uh, what team's going where. I think it's just something that the NBA is going to continue to do. If the Suns are going to get a top four pick, which I don't think is going to happen, that's really big for the Suns um, and a trade value because you know you can't get that next big piece in this draft. I feel like for the Suns, you know, we we need some bigger pieces to fill the roster, and I think there's like one more missing piece with the right next to Devin Booker. Uh, you can wait for Aiden if you want, and then also you got Mikel Bridges, but they're still young, so anything we can get to get that next big piece. I think that's what the Suns are looking forward to. So, but uh, yeah, keep up with the lottery. I think it's still fun. I think it's still something people enjoy. There's not a whole lot of complaints about it. I don't think like there really isn't. I don't know unless you're a Suns fan and you don't get the number one pick. You want Zion, (laughs) Zion, of course, besides that, but it's like, how realistic is it unless you're Cleveland before to get the number one pick two years in a row? Yeah. When you're supposed to have the number seven or something. Yeah. So it's just, that's just not the way it is, but I don't mind it. I think it's, the NBA right now has a really sweet schedule, and I hope they continue to work with it, man. Well, and this is kind of the reward for the penance we paid for all that non-basketball time is the fact that we are coming out rapid fire with playoffs, with the draft or the lottery, then the draft and free agency, and boom, it's next season, and boom. I mean, we get to talk yeah. Suns here. You know, in about four months, they'll be playing again already, and it's, uh, it's an exciting time in Phoenix. And again, we talked about it on our last pod. That was one of the fun things about after everything's said and done, and are you disappointed they didn't make the playoffs? Yes. Did they do everything they can to make the playoffs? Yes. Did they go eight? No. Yes. Is the culture changing? Yes. Is everybody excited about the Suns' future? Yes. Oh, and we have a shot at getting the number 10 pick in the draft. Like, there's and, – and a 12% chance of getting a top four pick in the draft. That's awesome. That's another asset. That's what this team needs is quality assets, and that's what they have in that pick. Do you think that there's any way that the NBA actually rewards the Sun for their, the Suns for their bubble performance by skewing the odds in our favor, Mr. Conspiracy Matthew? No, I don't. And if they would have rewarded them, they would have just put them in the playoffs, you know, take out one of those Eastern teams. But honestly, you know, you saw the Bucks get upset today. Uh, we're at, today is Tuesday, and they got upset by the Orlando Magic, so never mind about that. But um, <laughs> I was thinking that, you know, they could, but – this is something the organization just needed with the eight and no. It's nothing about the NBA rewarding them. I think it's just the Suns rewarded themselves with the effort. So you have that to go into next season. I think that's enough. I don't think we really need a draft pick to go along with it. I think just their effort and them going eight and no is just enough for them to have that confidence going into next year, which we haven't had in 10 years. So I think that's more than enough. I mean, what do you think? You think they're going to get rewarded for this? Eh, maybe. I mean, I mean, Conspiracy Matthew over there, I think you'd jump all over that and be like, yeah, you know what? The NBA realizes that they fucked up in the way that they <laughs> did the bubble and not give the Suns a chance, to, at least for a playing game, to the playing game. And they go, you know what? Let's give them number four. You know, I mean, they, <laughs> well, they, they can do these heart, things. They're know? in the bubble, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, maybe they weight the balls or something. What's going to be interesting is when they do it on Thursday is you're – 
your favorite girl, Rachel Nichols, is going to be hosting it. And the whole oh, draft knows. lottery is going to take 30 minutes. Like, they're squeezing it in between, in between yeah. two games. So it's going to be quick. It's going to be rapid fire. And uh, we'll know pretty soon where we stand, especially if they're starting from 14, uh, yeah, 14 down. You know, if we don't get the 11 pick and we don't get the 10 pick, we're automatically in the top four. Yeah, yeah. And then one, it gets exciting. <laughs> that's when it gets exciting, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, good uh, good for Rachel. There'll be a lot of uh, interviews for her, I think, with uh, yes. Rachel Nichols. Just, I'm sure there'll be a lot of people that interview where someone passed away, and we'll hear a lot about that. And then mm-hmm. uh, a lot of death. You know, the NBA did it with the M- NBA – or the, I'm sorry, the NFL did it with the NFL draft. Even though this is the draft, I think it's just something that um, we're going to continue to see in sports is just uh, – a lot of death. It's like, hi, things. welcome to the league. It's Tell like, me what about else somebody who died? <laughs> Something that could be five minutes, we'll, we'll drag it out to be a half hour and just, you know, feel sorry for people. Just milk the, milk the content and yes. uh, make us feel sorry for people. <laughs> uh, there's no Zion or Jaw in this draft, and we haven't yeah. seen many of these guys play for a long time. Who, in your opinion, is the crown jewel of this draft, if Ooh. there is a crown jewel? Who do you think? I'm just, well, LaMelo for me is definitely the only, but I had to do a lot. Of, okay. So after the lottery is mm-hmm. done, I'm really going to deep it's dive into these guys. I, it's research time. Right now, LaMelo is the best looking guy I can tell. I know a lot of people think he might, he might suck, including uh, Dave King, Bill Simmons. Uh, a lot of people don't like him. So I, I just, I think he's going to be a big surprise. I think he's going to be a great player. Um, but right now I'm, I'm thinking LaMelo. I know your guy, Obi Toppin, right? Yeah, I'm really big on Obi Toppin just because I think he showcases and displays the best uh, all-around game. You know, I think that's the problem yeah. with a lot of guys in this draft. And again, there's a lot of time for research that I'm going to dedicate to really have a better understanding of who these guys are. But just on my initial few runs that I've had, uh, especially with a lot of time off in the bubble and taking a look at some of the guys' games, you know, between Tyrese Halliburton, Killian Hayes, uh, Isaac Okoro from Auburn, Obi Top, and obviously LaMelo Ball, obviously. I think that a lot of the guys coming out in this draft are one-dimensional. They're really good at one thing, and that's kind of it. Whereas I feel like Obi Toppin is a really – he's a force inside offensively, and he has uh, a lot of really good defensive qualities as well. Still has some trouble understanding some switches and understanding some defense. Kind of reminds me a lot of DeAndre Ayton, and you can see his growth year over year and understanding what teams are throwing at him. So, you know, to me that's the crown jewel, but he's not going to be a guy who's even going to go in the top two. You know, it's probably going to be – uh, the kid from Georgia, uh, and then what? Anthony, what's his name? Anthony Edwards. Yeah, Anthony Edwards, yeah. Uh, and then probably Lamelo Ball. So I mean, the crown jewel, in my opinion, of this draft is a top five guy who could, in some mocks, he's dropping all the way to ten. So I think mm-hmm. that it's a very interesting talent pool because we didn't get to see them go through the March Madness and and, and see them. Uh, certain players have to perform in pressure situations. That's something that Obi Toppin, I was really looking forward to March Madness because Dayton was a number one seed and we get really we're going to have an opportunity to see him on a national level. I mean, think about last year. John Morant was somebody who the Suns would have had a shot at at number six last year. And then the NCAA tournament happened and he dropped that triple-double in the first game and everybody was on Jaw's dick. I was telling you about John Morant way earlier in the season, if you recall. Yeah, they played a lot of his games at Murray State. I remember we watched a lot of those together and mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of oohs and ahs, but I think LaMelo Ball, though, I think really you said he can't, maybe a lot of these guys can only do one thing good. I think LaMelo is actually going to be really underestimated as a guy that can facilitate, a very unselfish player that can shoot. I don't, I think a lot of people think he can't shoot. I'm pretty sure he can shoot, and I think he can get to the rim at will. He's a big dude, too. So 
I don't know why I brought him back up. I just, <laughs> he's your guy. Show. He, yeah. I you want, know, he, and I, who's the crown jewel. Yeah. That's who you think it is. And I, I just want to put it out there again. I mean, if you get this guy and you have him at your three spot next to Rubio and Booker, I really think, that, think that's going to work well. Um, I, I saw something on Twitter where it's like, Hey, maybe we should get another guard to play along uh, Rubio and Booker, you know, to start the game. He'd and be the guy. He would be the guy, but I don't know. Anyways, where were we? On, on a scale of one to 10, how worried are you about, his dad oh i'm not i'm not at all like everybody who mentions the ball name automatically thinks that lavar ball is going to show up in phoenix and you know do his best don king impression and i just i don't think that that's going to occur anymore i mean you haven't heard him say shit about lonzo i mean lonzo sucked in the bubble i haven't heard one thing from lavar or whatever he's saying no one's listening to so i think that that phase of LeVar Ball, it really isn't going to affect LaMelo. And if it does, it'll be a blip here and there versus a media circus that everybody's afraid of. Yeah, you're totally right. But he, he has his money. He's make, he's, I saw his house, big house. So he, he's got his him. money. So I think he's very happy right now. He kind of got what he wanted. And he'll probably stay out of the public eye, I feel like, a lot. So I don't think it's going to be a big issue. A uh, couple more questions before we get into our playoff first round predictions. Oh, uh, yeah. What other names are you focusing your research on as we prepared for the draft on October 16th? All of them. Big time All prep. Big time prep coming. I couldn't tell you really one thing about a lot of the guys. So before I splurt out anything, I got to go copy and paste what um, <laughs> Kevin O'Connor's doing over at the ringer and then read that off. I even had time. I haven't had time to copy and paste that. So <laughs> <laughs> But that I think is, it'd be it'll be good to see where the teams are picking and then go from there and see what the team's needs are. That's a lot more fun. Yes. Yeah, once I you hit the lottery, that. you have an idea of, you know, what team needs are and things of that nature. Yeah. One thing that's interesting is the Suns don't have a second-round draft pick. So it's like once we kind of get to where the Suns pick is after that, like I don't know how much I care about guys. Um, but I do think that we should have uh, Flex from the Coast to Coast pod on our on sometime because he's really in tune with a lot of those college guys, and it'd be fun to actually talk to him about yeah. a lot of these guys and prospects. Because I see him post on Twitter a lot about different guys, and you know, hey, you got to watch out for this guy. And I, I've actually done a little research on guys based on his recommendations, so I think that'd be a good idea. Yeah, we'll um, definitely do that. Do you still think that we should trade the pick? Yes. Okay. Drink. Me too. Trade the pick. <laughs> Drink. Drink. Drink the pick. Hold on. All right. Well, I think it's now time where we actually just take a look at what's going on in the NBA right now. You know, this is a Suns podcast. Unfortunately, we're not in the playoffs. But I do think that it's important that we talk about the playoffs themselves and make our own kind of predictions because I want this recorded so when I'm right, I can look back and be like, hey, man, on uh, episode number 76, I told you that this was going to happen. I have spoken it into existence. So I think we should go series by series and predict the winners. How's that sound, Matthew? Yeah, let's do it. That's always the funnest thing to do, like all year long. That's what I look forward to, predicting these playoffs. Yeah, next year Seriously. the Suns will be in it, so it'll be a really good time. Yeah. So let's go ahead and let's start in the West, and we'll start with the Lakers versus the Blazers. So we're actually recording this on Tuesday evening, and that game is actually about to tip off game one. So that's the only one where there is not currently a game one way or the other. But you have the Lakers taking on Portland, and the Lakers were 2-1 and one against Portland this season. Uh, all the games were very high scoring, not a lot of defense in them. Um, what is your initial thought on this series, and what is your prediction? 
Well, right now Portland's winning seven to five, so I might go Portland. But oh man! <laughs> no, no, I'm going Lakers. I think it's going to be a sweep. I think a lot, a lot, what we saw in the scrimmage, or I'm sorry, in the bubble, was just you know playing along, just playing to kind of get in shape a little bit. I don't think a lot of it was all out effort from the Lakers. So a lot of people are scared. A lot of people like Charles Barkley are saying that Portland's going to give them trouble. They might, but honestly, I feel like this is just going to be one-sided the whole way. I'm going Lakers. I'm still going to choose them to go to the finals, um, but I just think it's going to be an, easy, an easier sweep than people think. Um, I think the Lakers have, of course, a lot with LeBron. You got uh, Anthony Davis and that squad that's <laughs> that's uh, supporting them that is, uh, I guess, pretty efficient as long as LeBron's paying them. So I'm, I'm going <laughs> to pick the Lakers on this. Uh, who do you got? Well, you look at Sportsline, and they give the Lakers an 81.3% chance to win this series. But you look at a lot of the national sports writers, and it's you know everyone's kind of saying it will be a struggle for the Lakers. I don't see a lot of seven or four-game sweeps, much like you're saying. Uh, what I think is interesting about this series is the Lakers are without Rajon Rondo and Avery Bradley, two of their really good guys on defense to stop guards. What makes the Portland Trailblazers really good? Their guards. Dame Lillard is obviously a beast. You have C.J. McCollum looking great. Um, so I think it will be more of a struggle than uh, you think, clearly. Uh, I do think one interesting statistic is the fact that the Blazers have an offensive rating of 113.8, which is third in the league. And they're going against the Lakers defense, which has a defensive rating of 106.3, which is third best in the league. So you have the third best offense going against the third best defense. So, yeah, it's tough. But then you look at the Lakers, they have the 11th best offensive rating going against the Blazers defense, which has the 28th best yeah. defense. And that's so, out of the bubble, you're saying, right? That's just, no, that's just the all league season? all oh, season. Okay. All bubble, season, okay. non, non-bubble, everything combined. I think that that's going to be the challenge, obviously, for the Blazers is, you know, I think they match up well. I really do. I think with Nurkic and uh, or Nurkic and uh, Hassan Whiteside, they have depth that can match yeah. AD and Dwight Howard. Ugh. And I think that if those guards start to get going for Portland, it could be pretty tough for the Lakers. But uh, I'm going to say the Lakers in seven on this one. I think Whoa. that if it goes to it, it's going to go to a seventh game because there's going to be like two or three games where. Uh, Damian Lillard just pops off, and they can't stop that bleeding. They don't have the defensive guys to stop that bleeding. Mm-hmm. And if they try to put LeBron out there and play defense, guess what? They're going to eat him up from the inside. But I think it'll come down to a game seven. LeBron will focus in, uh, and he'll ultimately win the series for the Lakers. All right. All right. Next up, we have the Clippers versus the Mavericks. Uh, according to Sportsline, the Clippers have a 97% chance to win this series. <laughs> 97. That's actually yeah. the due to uh, looking at the Sportsline kind of statistics I have here. That's the most heavily weighted one. It was actually a good game last night. I don't know if you watched that. Did you? Yeah, I did. I definitely watched it. It um, was a really good matchup, man. Uh, did you get to? Did you have a chance thing. to watch it? Hell yeah. yeah. That's one series I'm really interested in because I really, again, too. you know, the Clippers are the team I have winning the entire thing. So. Obviously, I got to check in on them and see how they're doing. They right off the bat, I was like, "Okay, I'm right," and then I was yeah. I was right until I wasn't. Well, the thing is, is like I feel like Kawhi had such a bad game, but then you look at his stat line; he has 29 points and 12 rebounds, and then six assists, and then three it steals. Their, it was their bench that had a rough time last night. Yeah, but I feel like from watching the game, I was like, "Is Kawhi? Does he have more than 10 points?" I swear, I, I don't remember him scoring a lot um, in this game, but. 
honestly, um, it was kind of scary because Porzingis was gone. Uh, he got ejected, mm-hmm. and Dallas was still there. So it looks like Dallas can maybe hang. But honestly, I'm picking the Clippers in this one too, but I think it's going to go to at least five games on this one. Yeah, I also have the Clippers in five on this one. And I think it's because you look at it, and the, the Mavericks have the number one offensive rating in the league, and the Clippers have the number two offensive rating in the league. So these are two teams that can score. They've got a lot of firepower. And there's going to be one of those nights where everything kind of falls for the, the Mavericks. And last night was kind of one of those nights. Everything was falling for them. I think the Porzingis yeah. injection really, really hurt them. Um, but the Clippers defense is fifth best from a defensive rating standpoint where the Mavericks is 18th. I think that, uh, I mean, the Clippers are built to win a title and the Mavs are designed, are designed to score a ton of points. You know, the Clippers yeah. can play both sides of the ball. First or uh, second in offense, fifth in defense. They're a complete team. And I just don't know from a matchup standpoint, I don't know who can consistently they can put on the court that can guard the Leo and Geo combo. Like you might be able to guard uh, Kawhi Leonard, but then Paul George goes crazy. If you try to, you know, allocate yeah. your resources to them, the other guy's going to go crazy. No, they both, yeah. you know, so I think it's going to be really tough for um, like Tim Hardaway or Dorian mm-hmm. Finney-Smith to really shut down those guys. So, again, yeah, Clippers and five is the way I'm rolling on that one. Yeah, so um, I think, too, also just really quick, it's going to be interesting yeah. to watch Porzingis play um, because I wanted to see how he meshes well with uh, Luca and the offense. I know, I mean, for me, I always just think it's such an awkward fit right now, but it's young. You know, you can't get rid of it so quickly. But I've always thought, like, maybe Luke, or, uh, Porzingis would be traded off the team pretty soon. But I, I'm kind of excited to see those two play together. I know it's hard to watch Luca and him and the Mavericks do well. But, I mean, they were so close in this game, so we'll see. I think those two together um, in the playoffs, it should be something to watch. I mean, yeah. it's so stupid to say, but, well, it, but, you're, just, but you're right, I want to see they it, play off of each cause, other. Because you know? if, if they don't play well off each other, then yes, your point's correct. Maybe it's something that Dallas starts looking to move Porzingis because he's yeah. not the right fit. Because they have Luka. He's the foundation of their offense going forward. Clearly not their defense, but definitely their offense going forward for the next, you know, X yeah. amount of years. And you got to find that guy who's the right fit. You know, that's like having Steve Nash with no Amari and trying to find who Amari could be. Because right yeah. now, you know, they got Porzingis who's seven foot three. He's a fantastic shooter. He's a decent defender, but he's not somebody who I, at least yesterday, didn't look like he was overly meshing well. But I haven't watched a ton of, Ma- of Mavericks uh, basketball. I mean, that's why I'm excited to watch this series because I want to kind of see both sides of that and see how they're developing as a team because that's a team we're going to jump in the standings next year and we might have to play them in the playoffs. So, I mean, again, the key to them is, uh, you know, we play defense now, which is just so fun to say. Like, the Suns actually play defense. It's crazy. And rebound. We play defense and rebound, and they (laughs) don't. So, I mean, that's kind of our key. They don't. Uh, One last side note on this. The Clippers did beat the Dallas Mavericks three times in the regular season. They won by 15, 3, and 15, and then they won last night. So, All right, next up, the Nuggets and the Yaz. The Yaz flute. We have the Denver Nuggets who are playing the Jazz, which is probably the most boring matchup of the first round. It's probably the one I'm least excited for. Um, the Nuggets have a 66.7% chance to win it per sports line. And you look at the season itself, Denver swept the, the Utah Jazz 3-0. and it's it's Gobert versus Jokic. It's Mitchell versus Murray. Um, and I think what's really going to hurt the Jazz is they don't have Bogdanovich or Mike Conley, at least for the two first games after he left the bubble. So I really think it's going to be a challenge for the Jazz to get break on through to the other side. And I have the Nuggets winning this in six. 
I mean, you saw Donovan Mitchell score 57 points and they lost in overtime by 10 yeah, points the other day. Yeah. So it's just like, it, it could be one of those, I don't know. What, what, what are your thoughts on this? Honestly, I wasn't too excited to watch it or this series. And then I watched the game last night and I, I was, I loved it. I thought it was a great game. Like you said, Jokic versus Gobert. That was an awesome matchup to watch down low. Uh, Those big, big, beautiful bodies banging against each other was really fun to watch. I think that uh, each game is going to be like, Oh, I think the Nuggets are going to win the series. Like it's going to be a flip flop every game. I think Nuggets and Jazz will go back and forth till game seven. I do choose the Nuggets to win. Uh, you hear a lot about Jamal Murray and uh, Jokic and those two. Um, you know, you can't really stop them on offense. They have that kind of pick and roll game. And I'm surprised no one really uh, – I, I, they're not really a Mari Nash-like, but it's like it's unstoppable. Like it's them. effective, yeah. It's very effective, and uh, I've heard that a lot, and it's true. It's been like that all season long, and especially Murray. He's just – he's deadly. He's a guy you can count on in the fourth quarter. I just – the jazz they had, Donovan Mitchell, and I think he can make big shots like he did yesterday. I think mm-hmm. his team was just not there. But, honestly, I just think the Nuggets have more. They have more to withstand the seven-game series. So, I'm going to go with the jazz – or <laughs> I'm going to go with the Nuggets. <laughs> yeah, Jamal Murray scares the shit out of me, and I've oh, said that yeah. before. I mean, he's yeah. somebody who whenever we, the Suns play him, he rises 48. to the occasion. Yeah, easy I mean – Easy 48. Easy 48. You know, and and, and Jokic like in the fourth quarter. I mean, he can he does what he wants and he gets to the line. So I mean, yeah. they're a team that, and and that's the difference between them and Gobert and Mitchell. Mitchell, you're right, dude. This guy's been spitting fire in the bubble, man. Every time there's a, a big shots needed, he's hitting them, and and he's unconscious. I mean, I was watching a few Jazz games earlier in the bubble, and yeah, that's what was happening. It was like Dame Lillard esque. It's like, oh, they need a three, bang. Uh, but Gobert is not Jokic. He, defensively, he's better than Jokic, but offensively, he he can't carry a torch to the guy. And I think ultimately that's what kind of hurts the Jazz is the fact that they have this big defensive center who just can't score when you need him to. And Mitchell's going to get tired, man. I mean, he went he went for it all yesterday. You got to give him props, man. 57 fucking points. Like, you can't – empty stats, all that crap. You know, I don't care what anybody says, man. That guy can ball. Yeah. And, you know, people are saying, uh, well, you know, Devin Booker, you know, he's De- – De- uh, Devin Booker's easily better than, than uh, Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. It's like, you know yeah. what? I agree that he is. I think he's a more well-rounded player. But oh, you know yeah, what? For sure. Mitchell's been in the playoffs in his career. So he's had these weighted minutes. And I think that if you want to pattern your game or your career off, off after somebody – try to go the Mitchell route and get to the playoffs and then perform the way that he's doing in the playoffs. Cause if the Suns get to the playoffs and we have Booker firing at will, like Mitchell does, we have a better core around him. I feel than the jazz do. I just, the jazz somehow, I don't know how they always get in the playoffs. They don't overly impress me. They don't, they just have a good core of players. They just have good coaching. I mean, that's really what it is. You know, you got something established there. It's going to be there year to year. You just have to have the right guys. They know how to draft and, Donovan Mitchell was a steal, and I think he just needs playmaking to his game, and he can be a Booker. I think Booker just has it over him, uh, both great shooters. But, um, yeah, so Qu- next game. Quinn Snyder uh, <laughs> creeps me out, by the way. Oh. <laughs> Quinn <laughs> Snyder's a creepy-looking dude, man. Yes, yes, he is. It's like, dude, get that guy some meth. <laughs> or her- he looks like heroin to me. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but his Some buggy man. eyes like scare me. Yeah, All right, next, scary, next series. <laughs> next series is the last one in the Western Conference. That's the four seed versus the five seed. 
It's the game that actually just finished. It's uh, the Rockets and the Thunder. The Rockets per sports line have a 40, or a, I'm sorry, a 57% chance of winning it. And this is the most storylines matchup. This is Chris Paul versus old se- his old team. This is Russell Westbrook when he's healthy and James Harding against their old team. Not a lot of good blood there. I know that they were talking about in the broadcast today how Chris Paul you know, says he has nothing but respect for James Harden, but no, he's not really his friend. Um, OKC 2-1 and one against the Rockets this season. The Rockets' offensive rating is 6th in the league. They're going against OKC's defensive rating that's 7th in the league. Um, so I think that this is, this is one that I'm excited to watch. But then I watched the game today, and I realized how much I hate watching Houston oh my play. God. Like, I can't it's get so over crazy. it, man. You know, I know. It's like, it's like once all you're the storylines are there. Well, it's like yeah. the Nuggets and the Jazz. That's one that's like, like I said, it's probably the most boring matchup of the first round. But it's entertaining. Yeah. And then I watched the Rockets and the Thunder. I'm just like, uh, now, granted, the Rockets kicked the shit out of the Thunder, and that's probably part of why I was bored with it today. Uh-huh. Um, but still, like, I'm just the, – the brand of basketball – that the Rockets play is just so unwatchable to me. I get it. They're doing it right. They're scoring the points. They're, mm-hmm. you know, foul baiting, doing all that shit. I just, I, it's hard to watch, man. I find myself watching the game while I'm on Twitter the entire time instead of actually watching the game. Yeah. What are your thoughts on this theory, man? Well, I mean, once you, once you don't like the Rockets style of play, it's basically like, you know, as long as you believe like the devil exists, you're always going to believe the devil exists usually. Like it's always going to be that way with the Rockets. You're always going to freaking hate the way they play even though they win games. And I understand it. I think it can get boring at some times. It's just very effective. And I have a lot of respect for James Harden. He's one of my top 10 favorite players to watch. I, I adore his game. I really do. I think it's just something he works really hard at. And I've, Another drinking game. Here we go. I talk about James <laughs> Harden and how much I adore his game. But um, in this matchup, though, it's going to be crazy because I know the Rockets won today. Uh, I did pick the Thunder. I'm going to pick the Thunder in six. Um, I just think that the Rockets, they get underlooked a lot because in the bubble they didn't look very good. But it's whether or not those threes go down. And, of course, in the bubble, you know, it didn't look too great. But I think just like the Lakers, I think they're just kind of waiting for the playoffs to really get going. And I like the addition of Russell Westbrook. Always been a big fan of his. I think it's like you have Russell Westbrook now to where instead of Chris Paul, where Chris Paul, I feel like wanted to get everybody involved and get an offensive going an offense going, you have, uh, you know, Russell Westbrook. It's either drive to the hole or just shoot, drive to the hole, dish or shoot, you know, automatic. That's something that I think James Harden wanted next to him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he has it. And I think I'm rooting for these guys. They might be underdogs, but they're just those players you'll look back in 10 years and be like, why, why do we treat them so shitty? Like, that's just the way I think it's going to be looked at in 10 years. So I'm going for them now. But, yeah, Thunder in six. Well, I got the Thunder in seven. So, I mean, we both agree on this one. And maybe it's that brand of boring basketball that the Rockets play that we just don't want to see move on into the, to the next round. But I think the Thunder can give them some problems. You know, it's the, – the problem with the Rockets is because of the way that they play offense – We've seen it happen before. We saw it happen. It was, I think, two years ago. Two years ago against uh, the Golden State Warriors, where yeah. you live by the three, you die by the three. Like ultimately, you die by the three. Twenty-six if, straight missed. Yeah, and yeah. like if you don't play defense, it's not going to happen for you. Because Golden State yeah. is a team that's always lived by the three, die by the three, but they play defense, so they put you in tough situations where ultimately they can still get points. Mm-hmm. I feel like the Thunder have the ability to wear them down, if Westbrook especially isn't playing, to wear Harden down with Chris Paul playing defense on Harden. And their interior is so much – I mean, Steven Adams is going to go crazy in this series. 
there's no one down there to stop him from grabbing rebounds yeah, and putting him right back. Well, we say that about everybody. Everybody that's big against this team, it's still yeah. kind of an, it's an awkward situation, I think, for big guys. I think that they find a way, you know, to try to box them out with multiple people, but they really don't have the spacing. The big guys don't have the spacing they think they have. I feel like by the time they start playing the game, they're like, oh, this is actually more difficult than I thought. I just yeah. that's the way it is with them. I don't know what it is, but it just they make it difficult somehow. Well, OKC, if they get past them, I mean, that's going to be something that's yeah. uh, highly impressive, and it'll actually give them a shot at the winner of the Lakers and uh, the Blazers, which so, again, it'll be another good series after that. All right, you want to move on to the Eastern Conference? Oh, yeah, my favorite conference. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's start with the Bucks, who have a 92.2% chance of beating the Magic, and then they come out today and lay a <laughs> fat egg against the hometown Orlando magic yeah I was at work uh, yeah. when this one was happening but like you know kind of monitoring it on Twitter here and there being outside stopping inside looking I was like what the fuck is happening yeah you know and uh this is a team you know, I initially had a sweep for this one and obviously I was wrong so I'm gonna say the Bucks in five but I mean they were three and oh against them coming into this game Isaac's out with a torn ACL uh I don't think Gordon played in this game no there, there's no uh Mo Bamba. I mean, there's like 20 reasons mm-hmm. why the Bucks shouldn't do it. And then I was, as I was looking on Twitter, it looks like I guess the Buck or the Magic did the same thing last year against the Raptors in the first round. They won, they beat them in Game One, and then just got their asses handed to them the next four games. Oh, okay. So okay. Well, what what happened today? I think it's a lot of that. I think it's just a letdown. Um, it's kind of like you know when the Spurs lost to the Suns in the game one, that one year when Marbury hit the game winner. And not not like that dramatic, but it's just kind of like I feel like they're still getting they're kind of a too young of a team. And young, I mean Giannis, where I think you're trying to turn it on in the playoffs, but you're not quite that player yet. I feel like mm-hmm. you have to just continually to have some kind of momentum going into the playoffs that they usually do. Uh, I don't think they had that this time. And I think that that kind of bit them in the butt. But besides that, I think, I mean, Giannis still had 31 points and 17 rebounds, but you just don't know what you're going to get out of Bledsoe. He's such an X factor of knowing what the yeah. hell he's going to do. I mean, five assists, which is fine, but whatever. And then <laughs> Chris Middle, <laughs> Chris, you know, you know the players. It's just they'll come together. They'll get this. I'm still going to pick Milwaukee in four for the sweep just because that's what I picked them. So I'm still going to pick them with the sweep in this. They're one. already down 0-1. You're right. Yeah. They're still sweeping them. They'll, they'll win in five. They'll get it together. I just think, like I said, Giannis is uh, too young of a player to really start, you know, trying to have the PG, what a playoff PG or whatever, playoff P for uh, playoff. Paul George. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Playoff P. He can't be able to play off P yet, you know. <laughs> well, Paul George in the playoffs haven't always been good friends. So, yeah, yeah it's just, yeah. you know, you're seeing them – lose in such a fashion where they end up you know losing 122 to 110 i mean losing by 12 and it was it wasn't close i mean they were trailing the whole game but yeah i, don't I just think that it's you you hit the nail on the head man it was just lack of focus you know they haven't really treated the bubble games even with a lot of focus if they had maybe the suns would be in the playoffs because they would have beaten the memphis grizzlies yeah uh, but they've decided to just kind of sleepwalk through and i think today is the first day where you know they they've the national media is slapping them upside the head. Be like, Hey, you're the fucking bucks, man. Like they're like, Oh shit. We're, we we got to play basketball now. And you'll probably <laughs> see a, a different performance moving forward. Uh, probably not from Bledsoe though. You know I mean? Five assists and five field goals made for a total of 15 points and one for five from downtown. So five was his lucky number today. Yeah. That's actually better than I thought he would do in the playoffs. So <laughs> that, that was peak Bledsoe right there. We'll see though. Maybe, maybe he can turn it on. Who knows? 
All right, next up, we have the Raptors versus the Nets, and the Raptors have a 92.7% chance to beat the undermanned Brooklyn Nets, and the Raps were 3-1 and one versus Brooklyn this season. Uh, no Kyrie, no KD, no chance. There's not much to say on this one. The Raptors, though, uh, they're like the least talked about quality team in the NBA, aren't they? No one they ever are. talks about them. But I remember uh, we interviewed um, the lady who was with, um, was it the six, oh, the Pacers? Who was it that we interviewed? And I was like, are you scared of the Raptors at all? And she's like, no, I'm not. And I forget which team she was. I totally forgot, sorry. But it's just like, this is a team you have to be scared of because they've won the championship and they have that confidence. Lowry used to be a great player, but a joke in the playoffs until this year after he won the Mm -hmm. championship. And last year he played fantastic. It's like this team can sneak up on you, and they look like the team to beat, honestly, right now. They they have to be the team to beat, I think, especially with the – we'll get to the Celtics, but Gordon Hayward going out, he's not coming back. Yeah, You don't have Ben Simmons with the Sixers, so it's just – I don't know. It's This should be a sweep, though. I mean, I, I'm picking the Raptors. They're 1-0 right now, so this should be 4-0. Yeah, I got, be quick. Them, I got them as a sweep, too, and you're right, man. This is the team to beat. You know, the Bucks, they're unproven. The Raptors are proven. Yeah, did they have Kawhi Leonard last year? Yeah, but you know what? The core of this team remains minus him. You still have the same coaching. You still have the same intensity. You still have Pascal Siakam, who's decided to become a fucking superstar. And this team is – they're good on both sides of the of the court, man. I mean, offensively, they're, they're 14th in offensive rating, but they're second in defensive rating in the NBA. So, I mean, they're a team that does not match up well against other teams. That is to say – they create problems for other teams on defense. You know, they're long. They have athletic wings, but they also have, you know, I mean, Fred Van Vliet, man, this guy went for 30 points yesterday and you have guys like that doing it. They're going to be really hard to beat, man. They are. And Lowry too. He's just the guy. He's like Luca. You can't get too close to him. He's, you're going to draw off. He's going to draw. Oh, a yeah. foul. He screams. Yeah. That you, guy yells yeah, more than anybody in the NBA. He can't do anything around him. You just got to watch him play. And that's how he yeah. gets. That's and when he, he run, and when he runs by you, he still goes, ah, yeah. <laughs> you know, he, it's a foul on you. He's the best at it. That's the NBA. <laughs> All right. Next up is probably the other series that I was looking forward to watching the most. And that's Celtics and the Sixers and the Sixers. Yeah. Uh, I know the national media is off, obviously, you know salivating on this one as well uh philly three and one in the regular season philly three and one in the regular season meeting with the celtics uh per the sports line the celtics are 71.9 percent chances uh odds makers to win it all in this series i have the celtics in seven um it's just i i look at kind of the matchups and you have kemba walker and jalen brown versus Shake Milton and Josh Richardson at the guard position. Then at the forwards, you have Jason Tatum and Gordon Hayward versus Al, For- Al-, Al Horford and Tobias Harris. Obviously, that's changed with the Gordon Hayward injury. That poor guy, man. Like, uh, I mean, yeah, it pisses I me off because I had the Celtics going all the way to the finals this year. I really thought that this team, with the way that they're built defensively, uh, fourth best in the league from a defensive rating standpoint – uh, with their offense, which is fourth best in the league. I just thought, thought that this was a complete team. And losing Gordon Hayward's big time, you know, because yeah. Joel Embiid versus Daniel Tice down low, I mean, that's that's a, the one advantage that goes to Philly, but everything else swings towards the cells. Yeah, but it does suck for Gordon Hayward because it's like he he's basically just trying to get back into, you know, I feel like his mentality – uh, it's just he's not really there yet with basketball. I know he says he is, but there's just something on the court where it's just he's missing something, and he's not really the player he used to be, of course. 
but honestly it sucks because I feel like maybe he could have got that in the playoffs with a few wins here and there but also too like I feel like you pick the Celtics they might still go to the finals just because they have so many players that can handle the ball too you know and with Gordon Hayward left you still have uh so Jason Tatum, you still have Jalen Brown, you still have Kemba Walker, of course, Marcus Smart. Mm-hmm. Like all those guys can handle the ball very well, and I think that they're a complete team with their starting lineup, uh, their bench. You you're gonna have to get more out of them now because Gordon Hayward's gone. But besides that, I just think you got some good ball handling guys, and <laughs> and then also I just think I think the Celtics are the Sixers just struggle to get Embiid the ball. It's something we watch with Aiton. It's like you can't get him the ball for some reason. That's the thing. It's that's the way it's always oh, been man. with Embiid. It's that like was how, painful to yeah, watch. Yeah, it's like, last but night. that's the way it always is with this guy. I feel like it's. Not, I don't know if it's him or it's the coach or what. It's just like, just give him the ball at the top of the key, have him do something. But a lot of the times he just he can't get the ball, and that's their biggest thing. But I'm gonna choose the Celtics in seven. I think it'll be back and forth. Um, but uh, overall, I just think the Celtics are still better, even without Hayward. Yeah, that was painful to watch last night, man. Like, you know, we had uh, Dan Valpone on our podcast about a week ago, and he was talking about the Sixers, and he's like, you love them, but they confuse the shit out of you because it's like – and I saw why because it's like it's, it's the end of the game. Like, get the ball to Joel Embiid and let him work, and they just wouldn't do it. And don't get me wrong. Like, Boston was fronting him. They were doing some really good defensive switches on the weak side that allowed them to double Joel prior to an entry pass. But it's like, dude, then, yeah, let him take it up from half court and just create a mismatch, pass, pass, and, you know, do something. I mean, he must have touched the ball like three times in the past – in the final two minutes. I was like, man, yeah. this would drive me unfucking. – I'd be insane if I was a Sixers fan right now. Yeah, that's just they, – they're used to it now. All right, last series we have to talk about is the four and the five matchup in the East. That is the Pacers versus the Heat. This is the, bla- the bad blood series with TJ Warren and Jimmy Butler – uh, looking at Sportsline, they give the Heat a 57.8% chance to win this series. The Heat won three of the four games against the Pacers. And the Heat are low-key scary, man. I mean, yeah, with the yeah, shooting yeah. they have, we talked about it prior to the, them playing the Suns. You know, they're a team with Duck and Robinson and uh, Tyler Hero, Jimmy Buckets. I mean, they're a team that can score and uh, they can play a little bit of defense too. I mean, they're 11th in the league in defense. But they're a team that just – I they, they, they scare me. Yeah, no, they're the scariest team. When I think of the Heat, they're the scariest team that I don't ever want to face. I don't know what it is, but everything you just listed is probably the reason why. But there's just something else. It's just Jimmy Butler, probably. He just scares the shit out of me. But I think that um, I'm still going to choose the Pacers on this game. I'm thinking, I think, or in the series. I think it's going to be seven. I think Pacers will win. Um, ask me why. I don't know. I'm going to choose the Pacers. Why? I, I think the Heat are still missing one bigger piece. And I think that they need that to get past the first round I think they have a, a lot of good young talent but they just need the experience I think Jimmy Butler has it Dragic yeah I guess he does um but honestly I just think the Pacers will pull away in this just like the whole season long when the Pacers were probably the best team in the east one of the best teams and underlooked I just think that they're gonna have um just more talent on the whatever end because I don't even know what I'm talking about right now but the Pacers <laughs> the Pacers always are gonna win good, <laughs> always a good listen why yeah. are they gonna win yeah because they're good on the whatever yeah. side of the ball <laughs> I, I got the heat and six I think that the Pacers unfortunately aren't a complete team right now with Sabonis being out and I think that that's gonna play a big part in this series uh because on the whatever end the heat are better so heat and six all right all right. Me. All right. Well, that's it for our uh, our playoff predictions in the first round. You know, I just wanted to get those out there. You know, you can always let us know if we yeah. suck. 
Stop or, DMing me about yeah, them, you know? Yeah. No, yeah. seriously. Like, I'm so tired, tired of the Suns <laughs> jamsters. DM me and let me know yeah. how wrong I am about everything. Like, listen, man, listen. I got my point of view. You got your point of view. And we're yeah. both wrong. How about that? Yep. All right. It's time, for your, <laughs> it's time for your favorite segment of the week. It's the Dumb Trade of the Week. And this comes via our friends at Bleacher Report and our jamster listener, Jonathan Che. Ricky Rubio and Devin Booker are going to be a part of this deal as we ship them to the Philadelphia 76ers for Ben Simmons, Josh Richardson, and Mike Scott. Matthew, what are your thoughts on this trade? No, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. No, thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I get what they're trying to do here. They're trying to say, hey, we're going to give you Ben Simmons, who is more of a distributor, who's a better distributor, ish than ricky rubio and josh richardson who can score but i'm sorry the the backcourt with the phoenix suns it's off limits right now we got ricky rubio under contract for two more years if we choose to go get a point guard in the draft then great he can finesse that player and train him to take over for him perhaps eventually but Devin booker ain't going fucking nowhere i don't want ben simmons for Devin booker straight up man like just leave us alone dumb trade of the weeks nope. if anything we'll get ben simmons uh through something else but he might be our third guard I was talking about. Yeah, maybe, maybe. All right, it's time for the mailbag se- section of the podcast. And remember that you can either hit us up at sunsjamsession.com to get us these questions or email the show sunsjamsession at gmail.com. So our first one comes from Vladimir Babin, and he says, which of these players does Mikhail Bridges' ceiling compare to? A, prime Trevor Reza. B, Marion without the rebounding, C, prime Iggy with a better three-point shot, or D, prime Shane Battier. What do you think, Matthew? You know, I see a lot more. I feel like we always do the Marion thing, especially with Kelly Oubre, but I do see a lot of the um, Marion and Mikkel Bridges. But the thing is with Mikkel, I just think he's so long. It's just something I've never really seen in a player that can do so much. So I don't know his ceiling. And honestly, I'm going to go just B. Um, but then also not choose B. <laughs> I'm gonna choose. I'm gonna choose uh, none of the above, dude. On this, I just don't think there's. I think he could be better than a lot of these players on here. I just think hey, ball handling skills, d- defense, playmaking is gonna be there. I know he's gonna be a good playmaker, decent at his size, and it's just his length. Just is, is like just different from any player I've ever seen. So I'm gonna go none of the above. Okay. Sorry. That, I know I always change was, the rules. I don't follow the rules. That was not an option. Um, Vladimir will be disappointed in the fact that you decided the rules on him. Um, <laughs> but I'll look at it this way, okay? So I'm going to go through the process of elimination. A, prime Trevor Reza. Nah. I mean, prime Trevor, uh, he scored, you know, 14 points a game, rebounds, you know, five or six. So I can see the comparison there. You know, a decent defensive player. But I just don't think that Mikhail Bridges – ceiling is Trevor Reza. I think his ceiling is higher than Trevor Reza because if you look at good our 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 good friend, you know, T Reza, what what team is he on now? Is he on is he on the Blazers? No, who's who's No, he on he's now? on Miami. Is he on Miami now? Yeah, he's on Miami. I don't know how much he's playing, but he's on Miami Heat. Anyways, screw that guy. Um Prime Trevor Reza was never an all defensive guy, and I think that that is where where um Mikael Bridges can live. You know, Marion without the rebounding, again, I can see that because he's kind of a hustle. He's a hustle guy. But I see more of Kelly as Marion without the rebound, rebounding because he's, he's more of a dunker. He's more of a playmaker. Um, and he can, he can run a few sets that actually work for him 
uh, kind of like Marion did. You oh, know, Marion didn't the, necessarily run sets. Sorry, he's on the Blazers. Okay, what? just I thought he was. Who knows where Trevor is? Who gives a All fuck? Right, never mind. Who cares? Um, so if I if you said you know that is Kelly Oubre, Marion without the rebounding as a ceiling, I would agree with that. Again, I don't think Mikhail Bridges is there. Prime Iggy with a better three point shot. No, again, because Iggy, when he played in uh, Philadelphia, he was a dunker, man. I mean, he was somebody yeah. who could m- create his own shot and just f- with veracity threw the ball down. And so, again, I, I, so I guess D, prime Shane Battier, is probably the best way to go if you were to try to figure out who the, the ceiling for Mikhail Bridges is. I kind of agree with you that I, I still don't know what he's, his ceiling is, and that's a good thing. Like, I'm excited. I don't know who what his ceiling is because a lot of different it, it's almost like you know you, if you ever played uh Skyrim mm-hmm. okay so you know in Skyrim as you're building out your character how you start to you know at the beginning you kind of distribute all the uh points that you get to different aspects of your character yeah but you start to go one way either you go down like the magic uh, route or you go more like the physical two-handed sword bear route or you go like you know single-handed thing like I think that with Mikhail Bridges, he has so many different skill sets that we just haven't seen what he's truly going to go down. Like, is he a really good defender? Yes. But it's like, is that what he's going to become? Is like a full-on defensive guy? Or yeah. is he going to yeah. become more of a three-point shooter? Or is he going to become more of a uh, complete player? But if I was to pick of anyone off of Vladimir's list, I'd have to go Shane Battier because he was an all-defensive guy twice on the second team. And he was just somebody who uh, created mismatches and problems for the opposition. So. That's the way I'm going with that. All right, so none of the above. Oh, What's I next? D. I went with D, homie. You went with none of the above. <laughs> do we have a mailbag question from Dave King? Is we that do. What we have next? Oh, oh man. This must be good. Oh man. From Dave King. Why is DeAndre Ayton the worst player in the NBA? <laughs> <laughs> He's not. <laughs> well, you got to explain why Dave King. He's, it's a joke, right? It's, yeah, he, it's, yeah, it's a yeah. joke. <laughs> you explain the joke. Well, just a lot of people still hate on DeAndre Ayton. Like everything's DeAndre Ayton's fault. You know, World War II, DeAndre Ayton's fault, all of this. Uh, why we went 8 no, DeAndre Ayton. It's his fault, you know, for him Com- sucking Communism, so clearly yeah. DeAndre Ayton. Coronavirus, <laughs> yeah, so. DeAndre Ayton. Everything's his fault. Yeah, yeah clearly, you know, it, it's, it's a joke that Dave's making kind of after the bubble. Everyone was kind of complaining that 8 no Suns. Uh, here's all the problems with DeAndre Ayton, even though the Suns are 8 no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he mentioned on the Sun Solar Panel that Fanning the Flames is really positive when it comes to DeAndre Ayton, and the Coast to Coast podcast is positive, but he didn't mention us. And I don't know if that's like because we're not positive or like we just don't make the cut of cool podcasts that Dave uh, listens to on a consistent basis. Uh, but I know that I am critical of DeAndre Ayton, but he's clearly not the worst player in the NBA. I'm yeah. critical because I care. Yeah, we, we care about these guys. Plus, I mean, I've always said it's going to be like year four before he's at full form, maybe. So mm-hmm. we're going to have a lot of stuff to be upset about. Yeah, later when he, when he doesn't hit full form in year four. <laughs> and then uh, as a response to that question, this was uh, on Twitter. Um, Suns listener Breath of Hope 11 said, actually, why is Ricky Rubio the worst player in the NBA? And in parentheses, put, <laughs> Twitter trade ideas. I've not yet seen Aiden put up for a trade, but I'm seeing a lot of Rubio trades dumpings. Uh, that's a good question. Yeah, it's like, yeah. why is there, it's just, why is there no respect from Ricky? Even it's the insane. Suns fans, it's every time insane. you go through the lineup and, and, and the strengths of the Suns, you go, 
Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Mikhail Bridges' yeah. defense, Cam Johnson's development. It's like the sixth thing you hit is like, oh, yeah, and Ricky Rubio is a stabilizing force that makes this whole fucking thing go. Yeah, ever since he was signed with the Suns, like, oh, he's, uh, you know, it was too much money. Now he's third in the league in assists for the team. It's just like it's not enough, I guess. And then everyone wants Ben Simmons. I love Ben Simmons, but it's like Ben Simmons is just a bigger Ricky Rubio. But Rubio, I feel like, can distribute and get his team involved And he better. can shoot. And he can shoot the ball. He tries to shoot. At least he doesn't give a fuck and tries to throw it up there and shoot. You know, he's a decisive player. He's a guy we need. I, I Everyone throws him in there. I can't tell you why. I think it's just because uh, – I don't know. Honestly, I, I have no. It's got to be because he's of not his contract, maybe, and the fact that he's almost thirty but that's years still old. Still so stupid. You know, his contract. No. What are we kidding about the contract? Well, still? but that was the whole Tyler Johnson thing. Anytime when Tyler Johnson was on this team, anytime there was a trade, it involved yeah. Tyler Johnson because it made the money work. Like in that dumb trade of the week that we had earlier, one of the ways that makes that work is the fact that you have Ricky Rubio's contract in there as well. So I mean, it's just I get it. People don't give him enough respect nationally. Hell, we don't give him enough respect locally. And that's no just respect. a fact. No respect My for Ricky. No respect. <laughs> All right, our last mailbag question actually comes via Twitter, and that's from Espo. Uh, if you could create an NBA Jam team for the Suns using anyone who ever played for the team, what would it be? Now, remember, it's two players. For anyone who's yeah. ever played NBA Jam, it's two players on a team together. Who do you got, Matthew? Uh, I'm going to have to put Book in there. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know. It's just probably Barkley. Um, but those are just like my two favorite players are Steve Nash, of course, but NBA jam. I think that's kind of different. It's just like, you kind of want like a, you kind of want like Sean Marion and Devin Booker. So I'm, I think I'm gonna choose those two. Okay. Just because you got to have like the high flyer, crazy guy. And you got to have Booker shooting from the other free throw line on the other side of the court. And see, I'm going to go with Nash and Barkley, our two MVPs. And probably I'm perhaps I'm copping out, but I mean, you get Nash going on that game. He's on fire. Like, he would be insane in that game. And, and Barkley could dunk enough to where I think it would be actually be really cool. So yeah. I'd like to take my team versus your team and see who wins. Yeah, let's try it. All right, let's Come try on it over. out. All right, I'll be over. Sega Genesis, right? Sega! Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's it for this podcast, right? I think that's it. I don't think. Well, there's I ran one, out of room. There's, there's one other thing I want to throw out there to the Jamsters listeners, if interested. Um, we are going to be doing a Suns Jamster uh, listener league for fantasy football. I know that this is a basketball podcast about the Phoenix Suns, but you know what? I love sports. My favorite thing probably since the Suns have stopped playing basketball is start to get myself ready for fantasy football. Are you ready, Matthew? No, not even close, but I'm excited. No? It's who so your, weird. Do you, need, do you even know who your keepers are yet? No, no, I do not. I haven't not looked, dude. I'm sorry. And I, I apologize to a lot of people. I just, you know, I'm going to throw the busy card out there. I've been busy uh, in the bubble bath and stuff. Jeez, I, I already got my, uh, my, my keepers in our keeper league are down. You get two keepers in our keeper league, and I'm keeping Lamar Jackson and Miles Sanders. Those are good choices. Thank you. Those are two guys you will not draft this year. But to the Suns Jamsters, uh, if you're interested, we are going to be doing a listener league via NFL.com. The draft will be on Tuesday, September 8th at 6 p.m. Arizona time. And we're taking applications now. So if you're interested yeah. in joining the league, uh, email us at session at gmail.com and tell us why you should be a member of our fantasy football league 
even though this is a Suns or podcast. Or you will automatically be entered because we'll probably get five or six people and then we'll have to squeeze <laughs> some fake people in there. But no, because that- we'll reach out to some of the bright side guys and see if they All want right. in, you know, see yeah. if Justin and Paul over Fan of the Flames want in, see if Dave and Espo want in. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. get your spot now. Uh, you can't draft Devin Booker. I mean, you yeah. can, but it's a made-up player and he'll score you zero points in fantasy football. But, yes, it, isn't it crazy that football's like, happening right around the corner it's so soon and plus like in our and i'm assuming we're gonna do no defense no kicker league the super flex yes we'll do a super flex that, league, that's that, league that involves no no defense no kicker and you get an extra quarterback and an extra flex spot yeah, yeah it's cause, awesome because it's, it's all about the points baby yeah it's all i'm gonna go about. watch hard knocks once we're done talking here all right we'll have fun with that man yeah hard knocks bro la edition it's boring as shit but you know what <laughs> I'm excited for football season (laughs) from me. Um, Well, that's it for this edition of the Suns Jam Session Podcast. We truly appreciate you listening all the way to the end. Hell, I'll even say I'm super excited that you did. Make sure you follow the show at Suns Jam on both Instagram and Twitter. Stop by sunsjamsession.com. Stop by redbubble.com backslash Suns Jam Session to check out our shop for all the cool apparel. You can get a big blanket that has Matthew and I's faces on it. I mean, who doesn't want that, Matthew? (laughs) Just hang it on your wall. That's what my dad would do. Just hang it on your wall. Yeah, why not? It's a it really ties the room together. It would. But you can Anywhere. follow me on Twitter, <laughs> Twitter at Darth Void. You can follow Matthew on Twitter. Uh, Matthew, let's see. All right. This beer is empty because Matthew, uh, I had a drink every time he said something, and I forget yeah. what it is now. Um, so I'm going to go get another one. All right. Well, I'm super excited to watch Afterlife again tonight. Everybody go home and love your family. Jeez, stop watching that show. It's depressing. <laughs>